Hello and welcome to Catholic Bites, a podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Conrad. I have with me Father Chris and Father Alec, again, from his undisclosed uh, top secret hidden location. Very exciting. It's basically a bunker. It's basically top secret. Wow. I hope you, <laughs> yeah, the nuclear launch codes are in there, I'm sure. Um, they probably are. Father Alec, you are going to bring us our topic for today. For sure. So this is a topic that's been, um, I don't necessarily want to say on my heart, but just something that has been fascinating me recently. Um, I've had the the great privilege of being able to to speak with um, a number of, of pastors and and uh, and uh, sort of uh, men of faith from other traditions, the men and women of faith from other traditions. And one thing that is uh, an interesting question um, for me from from people, especially from the Southern Baptist and Anabaptist tradition, is the question of infant baptism. And it's interesting to me because it's so commonplace in my life growing up as a Catholic um, sure. and, and in so many other traditions that I kind of thought like, uh, nobody, you know, it's just a different of, difference of practice or it's just a difference of the way we do things. I never really thought that there was like true kind of, um, you know, conviction. I don't want to say like they were not honest about it, but, but that this was something that was a major theological point. And it, and it is. And so it, it, it got me to, uh, to reflecting upon our practice and why we do what we do. And so if you'll permit me, Father Conrad, Father Chris, I'll, I'll start by giving <laughs> um, the objections that they have given to me, and then we can move to, to trying to answer satisfactorily why Catholics do things the way they do. Does that per- make sense? Permission granted. Mm-hmm. Permission granted. Wonderful. Um, so I would say there's two main arguments, and then I'll, I'll throw in kind of a third one from a Catholic perspective, like a little bit of an asterisk, um, but two main arguments that they... That they uh, basically argue against infant baptism. And I think both of them make a lot of sense. So the first one, and a really big one for them, is there is no infant baptism in the Bible. That is their claim that, that you can read the scriptures, the Acts of the Apostles, and there are no instances of infant baptism in mm. the Bible. So we can get to that in a second. I'll just lay all the arguments out first. Um, the second argument that they, that they argue is that a person has to be consenting to Christ in their life in order to be baptized. I think that this is maybe the most obvious one to us, is that they say, how can you baptize an infant who can't consent to being baptized? How can you possibly say that this person is accepting Christ into their life if they don't have the capacity to accept Christ into their life, if they're not making that decision? Um, And then the third one, the kind of Catholic one, I would say is, if we look at this from the perspective of saying, well, God can work his grace even in the youngest infant, Um, Then we have this other question that we have to answer, which is, why don't we give all of our sacraments to little infants? You know, why do we wait for reconciliation and confirmation and the Eucharist um, until they understand things better if we can baptize infants? And why don't we we ordain babies, too? Why don't we ordain babies? Yeah, why don't we make (laughs) babies priests for life? There we go. Um, (laughs) Do those all make sense, though? Yeah, Yeah. okay. Totally. So So should we do the kind of... uh, Thomistic, like, will respond and then answer the objections? Or <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay, so who wants to go first? What do you want to do? Okay, well, I think, why don't we just look at <clears throat> baptism, like what baptism is. Um, okay. Obviously, right, immersion into the life and death of, and new life of Jesus Christ. So mm-hmm. it's grafting us onto his body, making us members yep. of his body, and so becoming sons and daughters of God uh, mm-hmm. in Jesus. Um necessary for for salvation like right i'm the the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me so we yes. we, we need to be united to jesus 
in order to enter into heaven. Um, and so baptism, right? It, we It immerses us into his life and just like life in uh, infancy uh, was brought into existence without our, um, in a certain sense, without our consent. So new life also, in a sense, at least from the baby's perspective, does not need the baby's consent in order to be immersed into his life. I mean, we're immersed into the life of our families um, without any necessity in our part. For sure. So that's a start. And that's that's kind of hitting the second one first. So maybe we can kind of go uh, more in depth there. Like the the okay. the fact that, that grace... Grace is, you know, in our life of grace is not an individualistic thing. Right. And I think te- the tendency when we think of baptism purely as an example of, of, of um, my outward faith and me choosing this particular thing, it, it becomes very individualistic. And baptism can be the, just an outward sign of my new acceptance of the faith. And oftentimes friends of mine that have converted from Catholicism, or sorry, from Baptists to Catholicism said that you know their experience of baptism was not it wasn't it wasn't huge it was more just a ratification of their own choice of christ right. that they were now exactly, saved yeah. and then they were they were going to be baptized whereas we see right. in baptism the instrumental working of god through the sacrament in the heart and that something real is happening when the water is being poured where our sins are are actually forgiven through that action so if it's Absolutely, just an, yeah individualistic thing then yeah it makes sense you know why would it make sense for for a baby to be baptized but if it's a real manifestation of god's grace working through the actual pouring of water well then it, it makes total sense to give it to a baby too sure it makes sense especially because it's such an important sacrament right i mean yeah, it's this that's the big thing it's the it's it's necessary for salvation so we we're, we're bringing them into the body of christ immediately because frankly, it's the safest way for that baby to be. Um, you know, we have a lot of trust in the mercy of God for anyone, for especially for babies who who don't have the opportunity to be baptized. But we still, you know, if we have the opportunity to do it, it gives them this this community in the body of Christ that will save them. And so, I think that uh, when you speak about obviously, there's no consent on the part of the baby. The consent is given by their parents on the right. day of, right, and their godparents. And also just by the, the community of faith that is raising them. We're, we're mm-hmm. welcoming this child into the body of Christ. And in doing so, we're, we're, we're grafting them in um, to something that is, that is real, that is, uh, that is going to, to, on their behalf, speak for them until they're able to speak for themselves. And there, there are a lot of things that we do uh, <clears throat> in raising children. <laughs> that that they they we don't wait for them to reach the age of reason like inoculations you know you you for give sure. a child you give a child an inoculation against a disease because it's going to be healthy for them whether or not they're able to consent per se to it you feed sure. a baby exactly like, <laughs> feed the baby, the baby i mean and you can right food. okay the baby might not know how to ask but from the depths of its being it's crying out for food by crying right okay well if yeah. we had spiritual senses able to hear the crying of the baby's soul it would be saying, yeah. baptize me. <laughs> so, yeah, please, please. Exactly. Well, okay. Um, we just did the Catholic thing and ignored the scriptural um, yeah, uh, of course. objection. Sure. So let's go back now to the scriptural uh, suggestion. Is there infant baptism in the Bible? Father, Father Alex, you why don't you, uh... <laughs> you want me to start? <laughs> so I, mean, I would right, say, yeah. to, to, grant, um, to grant the point, if you were to read... Um, the Acts of the Apostles, especially when the church is doing yeah. its ministry and the, and the gospel, um, 
you would not find an instance in which you say, here's a clear exactly. instance of a child being baptized. However, there is one, there's one passage that particularly is spoken to of in the Catholic circles, and it doesn't necessarily prove infant baptism, but it proves this communal aspect of baptism that is really important to us. And that is when, um, in the Acts of the Apostles, I think it's Acts 10, it might be 9, um, when Peter goes to the house of Cornelius, Acts this 10, new convert, yeah. and the whole household is baptized because Cornelius comes to believe in Christ. Now, you could say, well, Cornelius told everybody about Christ and they all consented, but it does have this awfully strong sense of Cornelius recognized that he wanted his household to be brought into the, to the body of Christ, and so he brings his whole family forth, and they're all baptized. And this may very well include children, may very well include infants. We don't know who is a member of that body, but we do believe for sure that, uh, that it really was this, this act of faith on Cornelius's part um, that kind of sponsors all of these other people coming into the faith. And we, we see evidence uh, in the early church as well of, of infant baptism. Uh, it's not sure. necessarily, I mean, when the early church is going on, most of the people who are, con- most, most um, baptisms happen via conversion. So yeah. it's, it's more Easter vigil rather than your normal uh, baptism. But we do see from early on that infants and children are baptized as well, especially as the first generation of, for lack of a better term, cradle Catholics uh, comes about. <laughs> you know, they, they're, there's baptism very, very early on. Okay, so I think that, the, and, and, and I think that that's important for us to recognize is there's, their circumstances are, are different in the Acts of the Apostles. Like you said, there are people, the, the majority of things that are spoken of are individual conversions, and those don't happen to, to infants, right? They, mm-hmm. they happen to adults. And so that's the reason that we see such a prevalence of adult baptism and, and such a paucity of infant baptism by, right. by, by uh, you know, relation is, is because there were probably a lot more adult baptisms happening at that time because and, there was need for everyone in the world to be baptized at that point. Right. And I think it's also worth keeping in mind as we're looking at Scripture, what we're trying to learn is, okay, what did Christ intend to offer us by means of, like, for, for uh, means of our salvation in baptism— what is baptism? Um, and so does infant baptism in any way contradict what Christ intended in establishing this sacrament? And you, um, yeah, you can't, it seems like no. Exactly. So even if you can't find any positive, clear positive ex, uh, examples of this taking place, you can definitely see the, the will of Christ for people's salvation through baptism, including infants, uh, to be brought into his, his body. For sure. Okay, and so I would say just like the last one to cover then is if we believe that the body of that Christ is powerful enough to affect this this great change in infants through the body of Christ through the grace that He has to offer, why do we baptize infants but we don't give them any of the other sacraments? That's the last one to answer. I think we've kind of touched on it, but but uh, how would we answer that question? I think it's just I mean, what baptism is. So we've touched on it by base by, by means of the talking about the need for baptism for salvation. Um, and just baptism is a new birth, right? So just like you don't have a baby work out by, <laughs> you know, at, at a young age, like, okay, fine, you don't need these other sacraments, um, but you do need baptism. So I think you that's... You need to be born. Yeah. That, that being said, a little said contra here, the Eastern Church very True. validly gives yep. both baptism and confirmation and a little piece of the Eucharist to the baby when they're when they're baptized, and so sure. they receive so we, all the sacraments of initiation uh, all at once. 
Now, they don't need the other ones because they, they don't need the sacraments of vocation because they're still babies, and they don't need the sacraments of healing because they're newborn and they're not able to commit mortal sin, or, or, or uh, they, don't need, they don't need anointing of the sick, again, because they, they're utterly lacking in sin. But, so, and even in the Catholic Church, we can give confirmation to babies in, if they're right. in risk of dying. And Absolutely. so there, there is like a sense that like the sacraments of the initiation can be given to, to a baby just because they bring us fully into the body of Christ. But the other ones are specifically directed towards particular events in our lives and particular situations that just aren't needed for, for children. Yep. Precisely. Yeah. And the one that is needed is birth, is baptism. And that's exactly. why we, against other, other sacramental practice, we give it to infants. Yep. Great. Well, this has been an enlightening uh discourse from an undisclosed location thank you father alec uh for bringing this to us thank you father chris for joining as well and thank you to all of you for listening if you'd like to listen to other great catholic pods podcasts podcasts um podcast uh uh you can find us on catholicbytespodcast.com or you can find us on apple podcasts thank you and god bless you